Revelation chapter 3. Let's open our Bibles. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 3. From verse 14. And to the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich, you have become wealthy and you have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich in white garments, that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I'll come into him and dine with him and he with me. To him we overcomes. I will sit with him on my throne as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. And I pray that you'd speak to us. You'd minister in the name of Jesus. We want to thank you. Amen. Amen. You know, I, I, I'm going to go into the word, but it's not what I, I just feel that for some people, we are in a very time where if you are not careful, you'll miss out on what God wants to do. There's a lot that is happening around us. There's a lot of pressure. And, you know, I always find that we begin the year very well. We are serious and going for God. But as we go towards the end of the year, somewhere, somewhere along the line, we begin to lose it. And I believe we are at a place where God wants to, there's some things that are going to be released in your life, but you need to continue to press in. You need to continue to hold on. Because there's so much warfare that is happening around in the spiritual realm. But I want to pray that you don't lose heart. You don't lose on what God has for your life. Amen. Amen. Please press in. No matter what you are going, whatever discouragement, whatever is happening around you. I want to pray that just continue to press in. Something good wants to happen. I'm saying, I've said it over, you know, over to God. And I've said this in my prayer that God this year, I'm going to end up strong. I want to end up strong because it always happens. I don't know what happens. Sometimes we talk, you know, in the middle of the day, we lose it. And then every time you want to pick it up again and you start all over again. But we are saying, no, let's press through to the whatever God, the high calling that God has for our life. Amen. I'm talking about the lukewarm church today. I mean, some of us have read this scripture. We know about this scripture, but I want you to listen to me this morning. I was away this week, these two weeks, and I was I time to just spend in the presence of God, and the Lord began to speak to me about being lukewarm. You know, it is one of the harshest letters. These are letters. This letter is one of the letters that was written by John, John, the, John, John, the disciple of Jesus. He was he, by under the Spirit of God was telling him to write letters. They wrote letters to seven churches. 
And this is one of the churches that got a letter from, you know, from, and each church, there were things that they would highlight, the things that they were not doing right, and then to list what was not right with this church. But then, you know, in this particular church, you know, the thing that strikes me was the, the Bible says the members thought they were rich. Yeah, that's what it says here. The members thought they were okay. It says, because you say I am rich, you have become wealth and you have need of nothing. Verse 17. And do not know that you are wretched, uh, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. You know, there are times when you think to yourself, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. I'm okay in the things of God. I'm okay. But here he says, because you think you are rich, you think you are okay, you think you, are, you can be self-sufficient, you think you do not need God, but I'm saying to you, you need to know, because then he says, but I am saying to you, if you, you need, he says, I cancel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire, that you may be rich. That means you are not rich, you are thinking you are rich, but you are not rich. I'm counseling you, I'm asking, if you knew you were not rich, you'd have asked for me for gold. And I've given you gold. But you think you're okay. He says, if you wanted, you'd have asked me for white garments because you are naked, but you're not even aware that you are naked. He says, you'd have asked for eyes south to, get, to open your ear eyes because you are actually blind, but you don't even know that you are blind. Eyes south is, 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 is a law that they used to apply on the eyes and the eyes would open. And so, Jesus, the Spirit of God was talking to this church and saying, you know what, you are not as rich as you think. You are not as clothed as you think. You are not as, you know, as open, you know, you think you are, you are open, but you are blind. Doesn't it happen in life, you think you are this, and yet when God looks at you, he says, no, you are not like what you are thinking, you are like this. And sometimes we need to look at your life and think, because you think you're okay, but are you okay really? What, when God looks at you, what does he say? Is he saying you are, a, you are okay? Well, there are things in your life that are not right. That you need to, if you knew they were not right, then you can go back to God and ask for those things to be corrected. But if you think you are okay, you will not ask. It's like someone who knows, who doesn't know that they are hungry. They will not ask for food, isn't it? They will think I'm okay, but they are hungry. But I'm saying, you know, really, God, when God is talking in this letter, he's talking about us. That sometimes we think I'm okay. Are you self-sufficient? Have you got everything that you need? We need to come to that place where you realize that I'm not as rich. I am poor, wretched, blind, naked. That's one. But the one thing that challenged me so much is he says, you are neither hot or cold. The biggest problem with this church was not sin. You know, you would have thought he would say, oh, you guys, you are not, you are, you, he says, no. The biggest problem in this church is you are lukewarm. <laughs> he says, you are lukewarm. You are neither hot nor cold. And I was doing a research on this, I, you know, this place which they called La Laodesia. They said in this place, in the north of that place, 
there were hot springs. And water, their water used to, to come from those hot springs. By the time it got to their place, it actually had become very, it was lukewarm. It says in the south, there were cold waters. And the waters would come from this south. And by the time it got to their place, it was, it was not, it was cool. And so when God was talking, these people understood what he was talking about. Because, you see, you, you, what he was saying, in this north where there were hot springs, people used to travel to go to these hot springs. Because it was actually, people would go there and go into these springs and they would take the water and they would get healed. So it was a popular destination, this place for hot springs. And they said also this place for the cool waters, it was also very popular. People would travel there for refreshing. They would go there and get the cold water and they get refreshed. But now when you talk of Liadesia now, it was a place in between. The waters, as they came from there, they got lukewarm. They got from there, they got lukewarm. That means when you are lukewarm, you are neither hot or you are neither cold. You are a middle of the road Christian. For you, anything goes. God says he wants you either to be hot. You see, when you are lukewarm, you cannot affect anybody. When you are hot, you will affect people because where there were hot springs, there was healing that was taking place. When people are hot, people are getting healed. When people are, when there was cold water, people were getting refreshed in the spirit. We need people that are hot or cold, not only lukewarm, because lukewarm, there is nothing that you are going to, you are not going to affect anybody. You will not influence anybody. And that's what Jesus was talking about in this church. He said, you know what? I would rather you were either hot or cold. If you are not lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. And I wonder when God looks at us, what would he say? What would you, where would you be? When you are lukewarm, you don't affect anybody. We need people that are hot, that will affect people that are hot in the spiritual realm. Because the word of God, you know, it says, you know, we, we are created in Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Glory to God. I hope we are still here. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are God's workmanship prepared beforehand. We are created for good works. And to be able to do the work of God, you have to be hot. You cannot do it when you are lukewarm. The tragedy that we have today is a lot of the Christians are lukewarm. Let's talk. Is that true? Is it true? The one thing that the Spirit of God is against this church says is, is oh, you are lukewarm. And I wonder if you, and people, the people say this is, this Laodicea is the example of a church, of our church today. Where people don't care. 
They are neither here or there. But Jesus says, if you are like that, I will spit you out of my mouth. We cannot work for God. We have been created for good works. Yes, we are his workmanship. He designed us. Whilst we were formed, whilst we were in our mother's womb, he formed us, he designed us, and he said, you are going to do one, two, three. But then if you are come, if you are not, you, you cannot accomplish that which God has called you to do. Romans 12, verse 11. Romans 12, I'm on this being hot for God. Romans 12, verse, I know it's probably not the whatever stuff, but I believe the Lord wants to do something in our midst and begin to do, to revive a lot of the things that have died in us. Romans 12, verse 11. It says, it's talking about virtues or, or things that are needed to behave like a Christian. And verse 11 says, uh, not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. The word fervent in spirit is translated boil with heat, be hot. That's what that word means. It means something that is hot, that is boiling. Used for boiling anger, boiling love, boiling zeal. You know, where people are really hot for God, where people are hot for one another, when they are hot, either for good or bad, but the word fervent is talking about being hot. And we are saying, fervor and enthusiasm are the keys to success in the work of the Lord. A burning zeal or desire to do the will of God. We need people that are burning with a desire to do the will of God. Jesus was an example of that. John 2 verse 17. John 2 verse 17. Jesus was an example of someone who was burning. And what did he do to show that he was actually burning for God? John 2 verse 17. I'll read from 13. John chapter 2 from verse 13. Are we there? Glory to God. Now the Passover of the Jews was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. And he found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he met when he made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overturned the tables. And he said to those who sold doves, take these things away. Do, you, do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Jesus goes into the temple and he finds them doing what they're not supposed to be doing. They were supposed to be praying. He says the temple was supposed to be the father's house of prayer. But they go into the temple, they find him doing their own things, changing money, selling doves, 
And he comes and he overturns, takes a whip, and he overturns the tables. He chases everyone out of the temple. And people look at him and think, well, there's something wrong with him. But when the disciples looked at him, they remembered the scripture that said, is zeal for my house, for the father's house has, has possessed me. The reason that drove Jesus to go into the temple to drive these people away was because of the zeal that he had for the house of God. But where is that zeal now? Today we want to find, can we find people that are zealous for the things of God? That will go into the house of God and say, you know what? What you are doing no, here is not right. We are supposed to be praying in this church. We are supposed to be doing the right things. Where are the people that have the zeal that are hot for God? Like Jesus was. We also see the person called Apollos in Acts chapter 18, verse 24 to 25. Apollos, they say, was a man that was fervent in the spirit. Acts 18, verse 24 to 25. He was a man that was fervent in the spirit. Fervent in the spirit. He was hot in the spirit. And he went and he did things for God. He went and he did things for God. And we are saying we need the same things today in the house of God. People that are hot for God. I mean, I've just given you two examples, but over and over in the Bible, it says intensity matters. Intensity matters. Wholeheartedness matters. Zeal matters. I suppose now we don't find this word anymore. There's no zeal in the house of God. It's not there. Intensity matters. Zeal, wholeheartedness, it matters in the house of God. Intensity, wholeheartedness is mentioned even in loving God. Luke 10 verse 27. Glory to God. Luke 10, verse 27. Are we there? Luke 10, verse 27. Okay. It says, uh, So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. That means there is no half-half here. We are loving God with everything, by all my strength. All my heart is there when I'm coming to the things of God. When all my mind is there when I'm loving God. All my strength is there. There is wholeheartedness here. There is no half-half. You know, we cannot have a people, a church that are doing half half. We need people that will love God with everything that they've got. We need to give God your all. Your all. Because it is, like we are saying, these things matter if we are going to save God. When we, you know, it says you will find God when we seek him with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, verse 30, 13, 14. Glory to God. Are we still there? Jeremiah 
Jeremiah 29, verse 13 to 14. Glories to go, oh 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 glories to go. Oh, glories to God. Oh, glories to God. Glories to God. Oh, glories to God. Jeremiah 29, 13, 14 says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me. When you search for me with all your heart. In verse 14, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will bring you back from your captivity. I will gather you from all the nations and from all the places where I've driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to the place from which I cause you to be carried away captive. I will be found by you when you seek me with all your heart. People of God, we need to get to a place where we begin to seek God with all our heart. We need to get back to that place where we are desiring more things about God than my own things. You will be, he says, I will be found when you seek me with your whole heart. He's not going to be found with people that are going to do half-hearted attempts to reach him. He is looking for a people that will give their all to God and say, you know what? I need to find you, God. Where are you? I need to find you. And I'm telling you, people of God, when you find God, you find everything. You will find everything. You know, I, I was in China and I was really challenged. When I go there, there's people that I pray. Remember I said to you last time, we, they've got, they meet and pray. But they, you know, and they don't even have an opportunity to meet together like this. Sundays they work, but they have time, they meet midweek and they pray. And they're serious with the things of God. And this man, one of the, one of the person there, says he's, he's, a teaching, he's teaching English. And uh, he said when he's teaching this class, of English, and he was just doing his normal job. And uh, God opens a door for him. One of the people that he was teaching, one of the, you know, one of the parents, is he teaches a few, like a number of kids in, in his class part-time. So one of the parents of the, one of the students referred him to another person for, to teach other children as well. And so he said, they said, no, we need you to meet this person. They want you to teach their child. And when they were trying to meet, things were just not lining up. They would say, let's meet on this day. They would not meet. Let's meet on that day. They would not meet. And then this particular day, they managed to meet. And he says, lo and behold, when I go to that place, who did I meet? This man, who is the third richest man in China. And he's on the Forbes list, is number 21. And this man says he wants you, him to teach his children English. I mean, this is a person that can, um, he, he can afford to pay anybody. 
He can afford to get anybody to come and teach his child. He looks for, he gets a Zimbabwean who is teaching part-time and he says last Sunday they invited me to their house and uh, just to familiarize with the children. He says for, he was there for half an hour, one and a half hours and he was just talking and playing with the children and at the end of it they gave him a check which is double what he normally gets. They, he says even when I met them I didn't even ask how much do you, sh- I, I, I didn't even charge them. He says, I was so shocked and I'm thinking, God, it can't be me in this place. But God, when you seek God with all your heart, God begins to open doors. People of God, this is not, you know, we, we talk about it, but you think, no, I don't need, but these people have been there and things have been str- struggling in China. Things are not as well as they want, but now the Lord has just opened doors for them. I will be found by those that will seek me with their whole heart. Remember last time I said to them, they gave us a seed. The church, they gave a seed for the church. They, when I went there, they gave me the equivalent of a hundred pounds Chinese money. And they said, go and present it to the church. And they, I brought that, that money. I'm telling you people of God, these things of God work. But you must be prepared to give it your the whole. But half the time we think, no, it's okay, I can do what I want, I can do just a bit, you know, I can be there when I want, I can be there when it's convenient. But I'm telling you, people of God, you will, because you'll be in the same, I was, to, I talked to, to, because I prayed with most of them when I get there, you know, like I've, my, in the, during the day I do business, in the evening I'm doing church, you know, I'm praying with these people. And it's like they come, you know, and I'm so tired and I'm praying, you know, it's like they, They'll say, Pastor, there's someone else again. They'll go and call tomorrow. They'll call other people. They want, someone wants to pray with you. They want to talk to you. So I'll go and talk. To, I will talk to, over the phone. Because they'll be in another seat. I wasn't in the same seat with them. And all of them are teaching. But this one person, God opened the door. Those are the ones that gave us the, the, the tithe to the church. I'm telling you, people of God, there's something in it for God. When you begin, he says, I will be found. By those that will seek me. I will be found if you are diligent. Even in faith he says, you know, it's, without, faith it's, you know with, without faith it's impossible to please God. But he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. There is need for diligence. There is need for you to, deal, to seek God with everything that you have got. With your whole heart. We are in a season, like I'm saying to you people, God wants to open doors. God wants to make a way. And this is just one example. You know, I'd pray to them and say, God wants to bless them. And uh, I didn't know about this. Then they told me this testimony afterwards. But I'm telling you people, like I'm telling you now, that there's something that God wants to do in our midst. You might look at it, you look, despise yourself, look at it. But I want, you know, I'm, never, I'm so convinced we are at our best now. We are getting somewhere where God wants us to get to. But you need to open your eyes and see what God is seeing and God is doing. So there is no place for half-heartedness in the things of God. You know, I always used to say there are people middle of the road Christians. You know, they are only, they are here. When it's nice with Christians, oh, hello, 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 praise God. And then they go back to their position, middle of the road. When it's nice in the world, ah, yeah, can you come to the party? Oh, they are in the party, you know. 
And then they go back to their position. So they are waiting for where it's very they can go anyway. That's half-heartedness. But the Lord is, you know, they're saying those who you are a, like a wavering spirit, don't think you can ever get anything from God. When you are half, 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 half there, half there, half not there, half there, and you hope you can get something from God, that's what he does. He says in James chapter 1, Glory to God. I used to talk about this a lot and people used to laugh about this submarine, submarine, submarine Christian. <laughs> James chapter 1 verse 6, he says, But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. You know, I used to talk about this submarine Christian. Do you know what a submarine Christian does? Is on Sunday they are praising God. Ah, praise God, praise God. On Monday they are still praising God. By the time we get to Tuesday, you cannot see them. They, you know, a submarine is one time it's on the, it's floating on top of the water, isn't it? And then after times you, then it goes under. By Tuesday, Wednesday, you cannot see them. Now they are on, they've gone under. They've gone under. Now by Saturday, now when they are preparing to come to church, you see them up. Saturday, Sunday, they are up. And then Monday. Isn't it? Submarine Christian. There the Bible says, you don't suppose that you can get anything from God if you are like that. Because God is looking for people that are going to be wholehearted, that are going to remain focused on God. There is something that God wants to release in your life and it is going to come as you give your all. As you give your all to God. Not only half-hearted. There is no half. When it comes to saving God, lukewarmness, laziness is out of the question. We will never affect anybody if we are like that. We need to pray for the baptism of fire that John the Baptist to talk about. Matthew 3 verse 11. We do a lot of scriptures so that you can refer back to them and then it helps you. Matthew 3 verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you with water. Unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I. whose sub- Whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We want the baptism of fire. He says he will baptize you. Not only with the Holy Spirit. But he says he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The Bible says on the day of Pentecost. When they were gathered in one room. There were like tongues of fire coming upon the people. We want the baptism of fire where people will begin to burn for God. We need to start to burn for God. Baptism of fire. We are praying that the spirit of God will come down upon each and every one of us. That we become alive and active and zealous for God again. 
The baptism of fire that John talked about. We want it and we are praying for it. We want ministers. He will make us ministers that are flames of fire. Hebrews 1 verse 7. We're not going to read that. Flames of fire. Ministers that are burning. Flames of fire. Wherever they go, people see that you are glowing with the things of God. You are glowing with the things of God. We want people. And I'm telling you, you begin to affect people. Like I say to you, when you are cold, you are, you are not old, you are, do not affect nobody. When you are lukewarm, there is nobody that you are affecting. And finally, Judges chapter 15, verse 4 to 5. Glory to God. Judges chapter 15. Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul. Sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Yes, Spirit of God, sweep over in this place. Sweep over, sweep over, sweep over, sweep over. Huria makasika ramakasaka. Huria makasika ramakasaka. Huria makasika ramakasika. Huria makasika ramakasika. Huria makasika ramakasika. Sweep over in this place. Sweep over. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Bend the chaff in our life. Bend the chaff in our life in the name of Jesus. Let there be a sweeping over. Let there be a sweeping over. A sweeping over. A sweeping over of those things that are pulling us down. A sweeping over. Huria makasika ramakasaka. Huria makasaka ramakasika. The spirit of lethargy. The spirit of tiredness, slothfulness, laziness in the name of Jesus. Sweep it over. Sweep it over, Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, have your way in this place. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, Spirit of God. Huria maka sikara maka saka. Huria maka sikara maka sika. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. There is a sweeping over that is happening in this place. He's sweeping over. He's sweeping over your soul. Let him sweep over your soul. Let him sweep over your mind. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. They're sweeping over. Yes. The Lord wants to sweep your mind. That is, you can serve him with all your mind. Sweep over your soul. That you can serve him with all your soul. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Judges 15, as I close. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. It talks about uh, Samson. Verse 4 to 5, he says, Then Samson went and caught 300 foxes, and he took fox, he took, he took torches, turned the foxes tail to tail, and put a torch between each pair of, ta of tails. When he had set the torches on fire, he let the foxes go into the standing grain of the Philistines and bend up both the shocks and the standing grain, as well as the vineyards and olive grooves. You know, we are told of a story, an interesting story, where Samson goes, the Philistines had denied him of a wife, and he wanted to fix them up, so he says he wants to revenge. So he, he catches 300 foxes, and then he ties their tails, two, two, he takes two, two by two, and he ties their tails, and he puts a torch in between those tails, and he, he lights the torch, and then with fire, and then he releases them into the field of the Philistine. It says when they were released, they, these foxes went and burned the standing grain of the Philistines. They burned the vineyards, they burned all the grooves. They, when the Philistines came, there was nothing. People of God, when we are talking of Philistines, we are talking of the world. If we are not burning on fire, if we are, if imagine if two, two of us were to go and we are with lit torches and we go into the vineyards of the, of the, of the, of the devil. We want to go into the field where they are doing their things. We want to bend the grain there. We want to bend the vineyards. We want to go there, but we can only do it when we are burning. When we are bending, we can go and bend the things that are happening in the, in the kingdom of darkness. We cannot do it if we are lukewarm. We want to affect the world. We want to change the world. We want to make a difference in our own time. And I tell you people, we are going to make a difference. We are going to make a difference in the fields of the Philistine. Samson made a difference. And when they would look, wake, wake up, they found all the fields have gone. Two by two, when we light up the torches, we light the fire of God, burning, baptized by fire. Holy Ghost, tongue-speaking Christians, dangerous. We want to be dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. You cannot be dangerous if you are lukewarm. You cannot be dangerous. God is looking for people that are fervent in spirit. People that obey. The Bible says in James 5.16, the effective fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. They are fervent even in their prayer life. You don't have a boring life. You don't have a boring life, prayer life, you know. Some people just pray as if they are just praying. But he says there has to be fervent if you are going to have an effect. So we are praying, even as we, we end this service, that God would baptize us with fire. We want to make a difference. God, you must burn. We want people that will be ministers, flames of fire. Wherever you go, you make a difference as you go in. It's like people are seeing fire. You are going into that place where things are not right. As you walk in, the things will start to burn. And people will say, I don't know what happened. Who came in here? But because you carry the fire. The Bible says God, our God is a consuming fire. He is a fire. 
So as we go, the church has to rise up again. He ends up in, 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 that, in, in, in Revelation 3 saying, be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. He is looking for a zealous church. He is looking for a church that is going to be zealous. A church that is wholehearted. A church that will say, yes, I will go for God. I am going to go for God, but I want the baptism of fire. I want the fire in my life. I don't want to be lukewarm. I don't want to be cold either. Although cold can be good, sometimes you can get a glass of cold water. It can refresh you. But we want to pray for holiness, fervency in the spirit. We want Christians that will rise up and say, you know what, we are going for God. There has to be that to pick up. We need to pick it up again. We need to pick it up again and bend the chaff in our lives. Everything that has been blocking us, that has been holding us down. We are saying, God, no more. We want the baptism that was promised by John the Baptist. He says he's coming. He's not only baptizing you with the Holy Spirit but he'll baptize you with fire as well. We want the tongues of fire to fall upon you. Shall we rise? Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Begin to pray wherever you are. Just begin to pray and say, God, baptize me. Baptize me with fire. Baptize me with fire. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray. I pray for wholeheartedness. I pray for wholeheartedness. Oh God, we don't want half-hearted attempts to save you, to reach you. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweep over God, we 